Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Better than this, guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, and I am alone today. Uh, Kyle was gracious to give me a few days off here recently uh, with some of the arrangements I had going on with meeting article deadlines and traveling, and Kyle is up against it himself right now with a big trip this weekend out to the West Coast. He'll get a chance to see uh, a couple of Pac-12 matchups, and and so we'll dig into that on Friday. But for today, you are stuck with me, and um, that's okay. You know, I think we've heard enough of Kyle sipping tea and and rambling about uh, these quarterbacks, so I wanted to kind of change the dynamic here a little bit and and do a couple of different things here on the show. And uh, what I want to do is kind of have a two-part podcast. The first thing I want to do is dig into some of the guys – through three games that have really broken out to me. Some guys that maybe were a little bit under the radar, guys that had a lot to prove, maybe some guys that weren't household names that right now have really started off their season well. And uh, then I want to get into a few of the questions that were submitted into me on Twitter. And uh, so we'll do that after I get into my breakout star. So thanks again for giving me your ear on this Wednesday. And uh, if you like what we're doing here on the Draft Dudes podcast, please take a moment and subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. We're trying to build, you know, one hell of a podcast, and that doesn't work without you. So if you will uh, hit that subscribe button and uh, make sure you listen to us three times a week, 
uh, we'd certainly appreciate that. If you have kind words to say, shoot us that five-star rating. We'd also appreciate that. All right, let's get into this here. I want to talk about some breakout players. And let me preface this by saying that I haven't watched every single college football game yet this season. All right? There's been literally probably a few hundred games. And uh, I haven't seen them all. So if if you think there's an obvious omission here, uh, I'm only talking about guys that I've seen. So we'll leave it at that. If there's somebody that you wanted to tell me, hey, Joe, this guy's really breaking out, check him out. Hit me up on Twitter, at the Joe Marino. Would love to uh, hear from you and, and get eyes on some of the players that you think are emerging here as prospects early in the season. All right, so the guys that I've seen that I want to get into, share a few thoughts about these players. First off, Virginia cornerback Jawan Thornhill. Uh, hat tip to my brother, actually, on this one. He he uh, told me, I was I went out to Charlottesville and saw the Indiana-Virginia game, and, and he tipped me off and said, hey, check out this Juwan Thornhill cornerback. And, uh, well, damn it if the dude didn't come out and have a highlight reel interception early in the game where he was uh, – where he was in a cover three look, and he really did a terrific job of staying inside and on top of the route. Uh, he peeled off his man and, and made a really a highlight reel interception, extending his arms back away from his body and securing an interception. And uh, you know, so that's obviously like a spark play that you know kind of turns your head, and then obviously it, it drew me in. It, it forced me to want to see more of him and pay more attention to him throughout the game and I so I did and I really like what I see here this is a a long physical guy he has good movement skills and he has the versatility to play cornerback or safety so um really like the way he plays he's aggressive he has good play strength and uh, I think that's really important and uh, he he shows those types of traits so if you're looking for a sleeper cornerback in this class Get, some, get your eyes on this Juwan Thornhill. I think he's a player that, that has a chance to uh, turn some heads here and, and potentially be an NFL starter uh, in time. Next player I want to mention is a guy that I just I can't stop raving about. I'm really excited about what I've seen from Tennessee volunteer running back John Kelly. Uh, obviously, you know, with the piece that I wrote, going into the season about how he was that next Tennessee volunteer workhorse back. Uh, and then what he's shown through three games uh, is, is certainly making me look smart. You know, one thing that Tennessee's always had, even even though they've had some down years coming out of the Derek Dooley era and, and the early portions of the Butch Jones era, is they've always had, like, good running backs. And so, you know, carrying that torch here is John Kelly. And, and I just love the way he plays, man. Uh, he he is one of the most balanced, physical, aggressive runners that that I've seen really this year. And um, you know, after th- I was at the Georgia Tech game, and, and afterwards I got a chance to talk to John and and kind of just said, "Hey, you know, what's your mentality when when you're up against a tackler and you're dragging dudes?" And he just said, "He says I just I don't want people to tackle me, and he just he doesn't like to be tackled." And you can tell in the way that he runs that that's just a true statement. Um, uh, impressive power. He's like five nine two ten. So you know, we talk about guys that are are tough to tackle and and have have uh, good ability to pick up yards after contact. We're usually talking about the Leonard Fournettes of the world that are two twenty five, two thirty, even more. Uh, you know, John Kelly's two ten. So what's interesting about him is he combines those power elements with 
you know, the elusive traits as well. And one area that he's really improved on this season, or not necessarily improved, but has been more of a factor is is as a receiver. He's got 16 catches through three games, uh, had big receiving outputs against Florida and Georgia Tech. So he's really becoming a complete player. He is the Tennessee Volunteer offense with the struggles that Quentin Dormady's had at quarterback. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that just looks like, an ascending player that uh, is going to, you know, start to get more notoriety and, and a guy that we're going to start thinking about towards the top of this running back class. And uh, he's just a ton of fun. So watch the volunteers, man, and check out this running back. He can play. Uh, we're going to keep it in the SEC, but we'll go to the defensive side of the ball for the next breakout player I want to mention. And that is Georgia linebacker Lorenzo Carter. He's a guy that we've kind of been waiting on for him to really take that next step. He, uh, a five-star recruit, he actually led Georgia in sacks last year, uh, but uh, it was only five, so it wasn't like, a, you know, big gaudy numbers, but uh, he's playing some good football right now. I think PFF has him at like 15 pressures for the first three games, and, you know, keep in mind that he doesn't exclusively rush the passer. He's a guy that plays a lot in space, and I actually did a piece for him that detailed his Notre Dame performance last week on NDT Scouting, so swing over and check that out. And, uh, you know, you just see that he's evolved so much as a player. You know, first off, you can't help but notice how good he looks on the hoof. That dude has some long arms, and uh you know that's an important aspect. If you guys are watching NFL football right now and seeing how corner, uh, how defensive ends and, and edge rushers are winning, getting to the quarterback, it's a lot of times just because they're long and they're able to keep that separation from from the blocker and and be able to execute their pass rush moves and you know shoot one arm and get into the pads and and just keep that other arm free and and so Lorenzo Carter really gives you this and he also has that burst and flexibility to get around the edge so I really like his profile as a pass rusher and it's really starting to show up so far this season three sacks on the year Uh, but he's doing well in all areas you know he's he's playing the run well you can tell that he understands you know, his run fits and, and how he needs to attack gaps and when he's the contained player to keep that outside leverage. And uh, he's flowing quick to the football and he's playing well in space. So a guy that the Bulldogs have been waiting on to really emerge is, is doing that right now. The the undefeated Bulldogs are heading into this weekend against uh, Mississippi State. And, and, and you know, they've, they've had a great start to their season. So he'll be a fun player to watch this weekend. But uh, really nice to see what we've seen so far from Lorenzo Carter, the Georgia linebacker. A couple more players I want to mention here as the breakout players is is Deontay Burnett, this wide receiver from USC. Obviously, you know, we're watching a lot of Sam Darnold tape right now and and he's he's doing some really good things in the passing game and and on the on the receiving end of those good things seems to continuously be Deontay Burnett. He's uh stacked up some hundred yard performances, some multi touchdown games. He's not a big guy. He's only listed at like 170 pounds. You know, hopefully he can bulk up a little bit. But uh, the way that he's attacking the football, the way he's creating separation, the way that he's uh, adjusting to the ball in the air, you know, you really like what you see here. So, you know, maybe he's a slot at the next level. I got a ton more work to do on him before I start making those types of claims. But, you know, Deontay Burnett, man, if you're watching Sam Darnold, you, you can't help but notice the guy that's creating a lot of the offense on the receiving end of these footballs is Deontay Burnett. So check out this wide receiver from USC. One more player I want to mention, and 
we're going to go back to Virginia here in this defense. Uh, Andre Brown, this this defensive lineman that they have, former five star recruit. He uh, he plays with so much play strength that you know it's it's easy to see you know him play on the football field and think about him playing in the NFL and taking on NFL offensive linemen and defending two gaps and being able to just really control reps with leverage and, and power and getting his hands involved and understanding how to how to shed blocks and, and get to the football. Uh, you know, he's really kind of, kind of emerged last year, but I think he's taken another step forward this year, kind of, uh, you know, reminding people why he was such a highly touted recruit. But, uh, you know, this defensive lineman, what I like about Virginia is they play a lot of, a lot of odd fronts, a lot of uh, three, four looks. And so if you're thinking about him as a, as a five technique, you know, you're getting to see those, those reps right now. He's not, there's no guesswork involved with his evaluation. You know, you, you can see right now that he can do it. And uh, against Indiana, when I was at that game, you know, you couldn't help but notice how he really took control of the line of scrimmage, particularly early on, and, and really collapsed things and uh, shows good flexibility, shows good bursts, shows good range. You know, he, he makes a lot of plays right at the line of scrimmage with, you know, his ability to anchor and and and, you know, hold his ground and shed blocks, but he also gets involved in pursuit, you know, on some of these outside zone plays where, he, you know, he needs to show that lateral movement skills and play down the line of scrimmage. He can do that. So uh, Kyle uh, compared him to like a Malik McDowell type player, and uh, I, I definitely see that. Look for look for him to emerge here even more as the season goes on because he's got a lot of talent and it's starting to come together uh, this season, his final season at Virginia. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Also want to get to some of the questions that were sent in on Twitter. Uh, has some good ones here, and I definitely want to, to take a moment here and address these questions. And um, first one comes from Luke Donaldson. Luke, uh, our friend from Down Under, Australia. I, I thought about for a second there going with an Australian accent, but I, I used my better judgment and I didn't. Uh, but Luke, thank you so much for your kind words this morning and, and, and the support that you have for what Kyle and I are doing here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Definitely appreciate your listenership. And uh, we'll definitely want to get to your question. Uh, first, you actually have two of them. We'll, we'll get to both of them here. The first question, he says, uh, as a Chargers fan, losing less than a score each week is killing me. Where do you see the biggest issues slash areas that need improvement? And, uh, man, you know, look, uh, you're in games. That's important. Um, and uh, so, you know, there's no you know moral victories, but, you know, the Chargers are competing. You've got a, a, a brand-new coaching staff. You've got some young players on defense, man. That combination of Bosa and Ingram is just – Something else. You should be very excited about that, and some of the other young pieces on defense, like Jatavis Brown, and uh, how the how that back end can really complement the the pass rushers. But I think I think the Chargers still can't can't figure out this offensive line, and it's unfortunate because I was really excited about what Forrest Lamp would give them this year, and you know obviously he's injured and he's not able to help. But that was a big piece 
of what I thought, you know, he could kind of be that Richie incognito left guard for them, kind of like what Anthony Lynn enjoyed in Buffalo, you know, being able to kind of insert him into that type of position where his power and mobility would be able to really uh, be part of the reason the run game works. And and that's what we've seen so far with with, with the Chargers is that, the, you know, Melvin Gordon's not going yet. He's he's not creating that offense. He's not finding a lot of space in the run game. And then Anthony Lynn, you know, just kind of thinking about his days with the Jets and with the Bills, you know, those those – those uh, that offensive success was built around their ability to run the football, and so this offensive line needs to come together, start creating that space for Melvin Gordon, uh, and when they do, I think you know you'll see some of these close losses turn into to wins. Um, you know, obviously, you start thinking about Philip Rivers and you know how much shelf life he has left, and you know part of that was was fortifying the offensive line in front of him, and then you know adding a piece like Mike Williams, and we haven't got a chance to see that that either. So. You know, just disappointed in some of the young guys that aren't helping San, uh, excuse me, Los Angeles right now, and uh, you know, looking looking for them to get that offensive line, you know, figured out. And look at that division, right? I mean, you're playing against the Chiefs and and uh, uh, you're playing against Denver. I mean, you know, you've got to be able to protect the passer. Those are some good defensive lines. So uh, it, it, even even more so in that division. The offensive line has to be right, and the Chargers you know, still haven't been able to do that. The other question Luke asks is, do we have anything planned for the 100th episode of Draft Dudes? Now, uh, you know, Kyle and I will definitely do something for that 100th episode, and I'll tell you what, you know, Kyle and I are really kind of just football dorks. You know, we're not the most creative guys. So if anybody has a cool idea for that 100th episode, shoot me a DM on Twitter and uh, let me know. We will certainly, uh, you know, be open to your ideas. We'll think of something the best we can. But if you have something that you you think would be a cool idea, shoot that over to us. We'll consider it and, and try to put together a really good 100th episode of Draft Dudes for you. Now combined, you know, we did our we did our stint with Locked On NFL Draft, so we're like well over 200 uh podcasts combined since last august but you know let's do something cool for draft dudes i'm sure we will and i would appreciate your suggestions on that let's get over to uh uh, benson collins who who asked me about the 49ers here and uh he's specifically talking about deforest buckner and eric armstead and uh there's some some questions about how those guys were poor fits for a four three scheme and However, they're both playing really well through two games. And what is my opinion on what's allowed them to have success despite the new scheme? Uh, you know, with Buckner playing now as a three technique and Armstead playing more as a five, six technique. And, you know, I always thought Buckner was kind of a scheme diverse guy. He's big and long. So you naturally start thinking about him as a, as a five tech and an odd front. But, uh, you know, you watch this tape in Oregon and you never really thought that this was a a guy that wasn't scheme diverse. So, you know, Buckner playing now as, as a three technique is, is fine. You know, he'll, he'll be an athletic three technique. Um, and, and then when you think about Eric Armstead, what I think's allowed him to have a lot of success is that the guy's really reinvented his body. He's, he's listed, you know, more in that 290 range for the last several years. And he's got down to 275 and kind of slimmed up and became more explosive. Obviously physically his, his length and and height and those types of things already help him. But now that he's lean and and able to complement, you know, his length with some explosiveness, I think that's what you're seeing uh, from, from, 
from Armstead that's leading to those improvements. And, you know, playing in, in an even front does lend itself to more opportunity to, um, you know, making plays and being a little bit more aggressive. So, you know, the scheme, because of the roles that they play in the scheme, they're, they're just being able to tack a little bit more. And I think that's why you're seeing them make more plays. Uh, next question from Jonathan Joyce. He said, more upside, Christian Wilkins or Ed Oliver? Um, man, uh, I've watched a lot of Christian Wilkins and I've watched a lot of Ed Oliver, but most of what I've seen from Ed Oliver is, you know, just watching games because I know that he's not draft eligible. But when you watch games, uh, you can't help but notice this dude pop. You know, I, I think back to the San Diego State game last year and uh, and the bowl game and how, you know, he really just – was able to take over at times and uh, he's only like, you know, 18, 19 years old. So I'm really excited about seeing him evolve and, and, and looking at him from a scouting perspective more next year. Right now, you know, Christian Wilkins is more relevant to what I'm doing. Uh, and he looks like the real deal. Excited to see him back uh, playing inside more last year. He was, was playing a lot of defensive end where he's definitely, more suited to play defensive tackle. And now that Austin Bryant's emerged at that left defensive end opposite Cleveland Farrell, we get to see Lawrence and Wilkins inside. And, you know, Wilkins right now is looking like a top 10 pick potentially. And, and that Clemson defense is just playing outstanding football. So, uh, you know, just I guess I'm going to go Christian Wilkins right now just because I haven't considered Ed Oliver in that NFL draft scouting capacity because – I mean, I've got my hands full with all the draft eligible guys. So underclassmen are more guys that I just pay attention to when I'm watching games live. But from a scouting perspective, it's not something I pay a ton of attention to other than I know that he's he's a stud, he can play, and that he'll be a highly regarded guy next year. Another one from Benson Collins. Good question. I like this one. Uh, it says, uh, how much do you put into analytics, PFF type stuff, when scouting players or all watching tape? Uh, I don't. I don't use PFF for any of my scouting reports in, in my numerical grading system, but I think it's great data. You know, I mean, uh, what I love so much about PFF and I have some good friends that work for PFF and I know the work that goes into what they do. And I know there's a lot of scrutiny based on, you know, can they really do what they do with accuracy without subjective, you know, issues. And, and, and I'm telling you the process that they have in place is tremendous. If you really want to get critical of them, take time to talk to one of those guys and find out their process. Uh, I've, I've been privileged to see kind of some of that stuff behind the scenes. And those guys, those guys are incredible and, and their, their work is incredible. Um, how much attention do I pay for it? Pay to it. Um, it's always interesting, right? You know, everybody wants to see how they grade out the players. And, you know, a lot of times when I watch football game and I see, you know, I think to myself, who are the best players in the game? It's, it's not, hard to see that those are the highest graded players in the game. So it's a nice compliment. It's a nice uh, way to affirm a lot of, a lot of the stuff you're thinking, but what I really like is kind of the, the more data driven stuff, like, you know, some of their advanced stats that uh, shed light on uh, different situational type stuff. And, you know, really the per snap production that you can't look at a box score and get. So uh, it's not something I think about a whole lot, to be honest with you, with my uh, with my scouting reports, but it's something that I like to look at to kind of affirm what I'm thinking. Um, the last question comes from uh, Erie Scott. Are Duke and Wake Forest legit? I like that question. Um, Duke's got this quarterback, right, that like potentially is a high pick next year or the year after, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. 
uh, and Duke. Uh, I'm actually going to be credentialed for three games uh, of Duke coming up here very soon. I'll be at Pittsburgh, Florida State, and uh, one other that escapes my mind right now. Um, Miami, excuse me, it's Miami. Duke, uh, Miami, Pittsburgh, and Florida State. So I'll, I'll, be, I'll have a ton of exposure to Duke. Um, obviously very impressive the way they've started the season. But uh, I, will, I will get back to you on that, and I will have a lot to say after these next three visits that I have to that university to, to, uh, to really see this football team. And then Wake Forest is another team that I have some visits uh, lined up to go see. Definitely Louisville. Maybe I'll get to the North Carolina State game. Haven't quite shored up my plans for that one weekend. But uh, it's good to see these teams, you know, playing well. And, you know, North Carolina is, is a really good football state, right, for college football. And, uh, you know, they've got a ton of power five teams, you know, compared to the rest of the nation, right, right up there with in California and Texas for the most in the nation. So, uh, really privileged to have some great college football, right, right around me that I can, uh, that I can get to and, uh, Duke and Wake Forest are off to great starts. You know, I'm not ready to say they're going to beat a, a Florida state or a, a Clemson or even a Louisville. I'm not sure yet, but I'll be seeing a ton of them coming up and I'll be certain to uh, share my thoughts on those teams, uh, coming up here in the near future. Um, Guys, thanks so much for sticking with me. I know that it was just me and, and no Kyle, and uh, uh, appreciate you sticking through and giving me your ear and, and allowing me to talk about some of the guys that have really emerged so far early for me and then getting into some of the qu- outstanding questions that you guys submitted. No fears. Kyle will be back with me on Friday. We'll get we'll get together and preview the weekend ahead in college football. Uh, Kyle's had a couple games. He'll be at Arizona on Friday night and Arizona State on Saturday, getting to see Utah and Oregon. So he'll get to see uh, four of the Pac-12 teams in, in two days here. So we'll, we'll get you all ready for that and uh, all the rest of the outstanding football games ahead of us. Every weekend in college football is big. You know, losses hurt, and these guys have only so many games to build that resume, that tape resume that is their draft stock. So, uh, you know, we'll be certain to – Make sure you're ready to dig into this weekend in college football with an eye towards the NFL draft. One more time, hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, follow us on Twitter. I'm at the Joe Marino. Kyle is at NDT Scouting, and NDT Scouting has its own Twitter handle, which is at NDT Scouting LLC. Normally I say I'm signing off for Kyle Krabs, but that's not the case today. I'm just signing off for myself. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again on Friday to do more on the Draft Dudes podcast. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.